Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. It's just us two this week. Um, we didn't first <laughs> Hannah by watching this movie with her. I'm kind of glad she didn't have to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like it would have put her in a bad someone. mood. I can just like, I don't know. I can yeah. just like hear her being annoyed by this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I was definitely annoyed by this movie, so. Yeah. I was like annoyed but having fun, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I was mostly having fun because of how kind of dumb it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this week we watched Sinister, um, we which sure was dumb. <laughs> it was really dumb. And it's a shame, too, because it actually has a really cool concept. Uh, like, I yeah. remember seeing trailers for this movie, and they absolutely terrified me, because they just played, like, the footage from, like, the films that are in the movie. And it, yeah. like, scared the ever-living shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I don't then- remember... Then I grew up and watched the movie, and I was like, oh, this is bad. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> I don't remember the uh, um, trailers for this movie, but I I don't remember many things from 2012, except how fucking cringy I was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel that. Hey, I was in the exact same place. Like, I can look up some of my Tumblr and Facebook posts from 2012, and I promise you, they were probably really embarrassing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, should we do, like, a a recap of what this movie was? Yeah. So, Sinister is about a true crime writer named Ellison Oswalt. Yeah, he's a jerk. That's a dumb name. That sounds like, okay, that sounds like a Batman villain. It really does. <laughs> he's super pretentious. Um so he and his family move into a new house because he's researching for a new novel he's writing. So he literally made his whole family move houses just because he wants to be like closer to a crime scene. Which like I don't know I don't know any true crime writers, so I don't know if this happens in real life, but I feel like, like, first of all, who has the money to do this? I, I don't know. He said he was broke anyways, so, like, you're buying yeah. a whole new house and paying off two mortgages at the same time. They, like, specifically say this in the movie. Yeah. And you're, you're like, I'm gonna write this book and we're gonna get famous again, and then we can pay off the, the house, and it's like, dude, just, just write textbooks like you're supposed to. Sometimes, sometimes being a writer just is, like, one book, and that's enough, and that's fine. Just stop. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. (laughs) And, like, I get that, like, I don't think the movie, like, I think they're trying to portray him as, like, kind of a jerk. Because, like, you know, they talk about, like, they have, he gives, he has moments where he's like, oh. Like, he had previously written a best-selling true crime novel and so he like wants to be famous again and like oh yeah i need to like live up to my success and write this genius Mm -hmm. novel and like i feel like the movie definitely realizes that he's being pretentious but like i've just seen too many horror movies where the main character is an asshole that it just like yeah i'm tired of it i want to root for (laughs) this guy i want to i want to be on his side 
I don't want to yeah. be like, wow, this guy's a jerk. And then, like, it sucks because you see how upset his kids are that they have to, like, move homes. And, yeah. Like, uh- I mean, if you really wanted to be nearer to a crime scene while you were, like, writing a book, you could just take, like, trips out. You don't have to buy the house. Yeah. Like, I don't think, you I don't just- know, I don't, I can't imagine any true crime writer would go that far. I I don't think so. Not even, like, true crime podcasters would go that far. And normally they just, like, pick out people to interview and they can stay comfortably in their home while they Skype. Like, yeah. it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he's convinced he's going to write the next great American novel. Um, as they're moving in, he encounters the police of that local town, which, like, the sheriff is, like, kind of a jerk to him. Um, big surprise. And the sheriff's like, hey, we don't want you here. We don't like you here. Like, I think what you're doing is really disgusting. And, like, I'm not going to help you. He straight up says, like, I'm not going to help you with any of your research. Which does come back later. But some of the other, like, the deputy, though, is, like, a really big fan of his. And, like, wants an autograph and whatever. So, like, I guess they have mm-hmm. mixed feelings. But um, it's kind of weird that the police just, like, all show up at his house as he's moving in to be like, hey, just so you know, like, we're watching you. Because, you know, I guess they don't have anything better to do. Yeah. Like, solve a murder or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for real. Like, I don't know, the one guy that James Ransone plays who doesn't get a name in this movie, but apparently gets a name in the second movie. They call him Deputy So-and-so in this one. No, in the second movie, he doesn't get a name either. They literally credit him as Deputy in the second movie. He's credited as deputy in this one, too. That's like, okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's part of, like, a joke. Like, it's it's really fun at first, but, like, I don't know. By the time the second movie comes around, it's like, oh. You should probably give him a name. Yeah. Like, if you're gonna make him the main character, you should probably give him a name. <laughs> like, that's, I don't know, the... That's just, like, if you want me to, like, root for characters, you should probably give them a name, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, that's a problem Um, for the second movie, which is also on Netflix, so we may very well be talking about it soon. Yeah, so, honestly, like, they get into into things pretty fast. Like, there is a lot of really obvious exposition at the beginning, but, like, they get it out of the way pretty quickly. Like, apparently you find out that, like, his wife is kind of unhappy with their decision to move, but she's like, okay, whatever, like, you do your thing. And she tells him, like, make sure you keep your office locked, because I guess when his- he has a son and a daughter, and when the son was very young, he got into his dad's office and found, like, some stuff from a true crime case that the dad was working on, and, like, it, like, traumatized him. Which, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So she's like, okay, kids, stay out of dad's office. Dad, lock the door. We don't want this to happen again. So that's kind of the setup. And then immediately we get right into it where he goes up into the attic and finds a reel of Super 8 films and like a projector. And so he's like, huh, this is weird. Oh, by the way, it's like super... He lies to his wife about this, but the house that they've moved into is the house is the exact same house where like a whole family was murdered. 
and their daughter went missing. Yeah. And he lies like, to his wife about it. She's like, please tell me, like, we're not down the street from the murder house. And he's like, oh, no, we're not. And it's like, well, yeah, you're not down the street from them, but, like, you're living in that house. Like, that's worse. Yeah. But, you know. So that's a thing. Um, so he finds this footage in the attic, and he thinks, like, it might help him with the case. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's basically footage of the murder, along with a bunch of other murders. Um, I'm trying to remember what all of them, so there's the, the one that took place at that house is, like, the family is hung from a tree. Mm-hmm. Um... There's one where a family is, like, trapped in a car and it's set on fire. Um, um, yeah, there's that one. And then there's one where um, they get drowned in a pool. Yeah. Um, they're, like, tied to rocks or whatever and drown in a pool. Yeah. Um, there's one where all of them get their throats cut, like, in their beds. Yeah. Like, they were drugged or something. And, uh... Yeah. The lawnmower is the, the one f- that, like, fucked me up the yeah, most, I think. Yeah, the first la- time I saw the this. lawnmower one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, so, I will say, like, the footage, these are, like, the best parts of the movie, honestly, because it is really disturbing. It really is. Like, it gives you yeah. a very eerie feeling. Um, apparently they actually did film it on Super 8, so that's kind of neat. Um. Yeah. But I think, like, that's really well executed. And, like, they have some special effects in it, too. And, like, I think it fits in really well with, like, this kind of analog film technique. So, like, that actually is really interesting. I feel like... I feel like this whole movie was just made because, like, the director really wanted to make these specific moments. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But, um, anyway, that's a thing... He starts doing more research, and he finds, like, in one of the videos, there's just, like, this guy, and it looks like he's he's got, like, a weird face. It looks like a man wearing a mask or something. Yeah, I- the thing about him is that he looks like a juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, so he looks like a juggalo, and he, like- like the first time you spot him he's like in the bottom of the pool um and he looks up and then like the film fries because oh you're not supposed to see him and then like as time goes on in the movie like you get some exposition where like his uh, you don't know his like full name at first but like in all the child drawings his name is mr boogie <laughs> you have to say what you told me when we were watching he, this. So it's a juggalo man ghost who has a mucus problem. Is the <laughs> thing, <laughs> and he uh just like encourages children to kill their families and then come live in the TV with him. Although it's not a TV, it's a like a Super Eight. Yeah. film projector. He's retro. <laughs> He's a retro yeah. ghost. Yeah, so apparently then you find out, I don't even remember how this comes about. Like, basically the deputy is kind of helping him do this research. Um, mm-hmm. So he finds out that this figure is actually called Bagul and it's 
an ancient god of child sacrifice um, who, like, feeds on children's souls. And, yeah. So that's a thing. I think he only, he finds that out because the deputy gives him, like, the phone number of some college professor. Yeah, because in the films, there's, like, this symbol painted and well, it's so in, it's it's like in his, all of the films, but yeah, it's, like, it's like e- really easy to miss. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, here's where we get to the real bullshit. So, like, a lot of stuff starts- So, like, his son <laughs> starts suffering from night terrors, which has been mm-hmm. a problem since he was a child because he was traumatized. And, like, his wife is really mad at him because she finds out that they moved into a murder house. Which, like, yeah, yeah, I don't blame her. And then she's like, hey, I think you care more about your books than your family. And um, so eventually the family just, like, leaves in the middle of the night and moves. And he finds out that all of the families who were murdered had, like, previously lived at a different murder house. If that makes sense. So, like, the fam- like say, it's like, the family so who was down in the pool. Like, they had lived at the family's house who was burned alive and then moved to another house so like they're all kind of linked there is absolutely no explanation for why the murders don't happen at a single place yeah it's just that the the bagul mr mr mucus nose um i don't even know if he has a nose i don't even remember he doesn't have a mouth i know that for sure um but like Mr. Juggalo What's His Nuts um, just, like, waits for them to leave the house and then kills them, and I I don't know why. There's no explanation given for why he waits until they move. Yeah, it's super convoluted. (laughs) He, like, waits till they move to a new house for no reason. So, so yeah, because the author, like, because he and his family leave and move to a new house, now, like, oh, the murder's gonna happen. And you find out that the daughter is possessed, and, like, right as he's learning- Like, you get this information dump at the very end of the film where he's, like, learning all the secrets. And, like, right after he learns that, he, like, sees this weird glowing green liquid in his coffee cup. And, like, he's like, oh no, I've been drugged. And then he, like, passes out, (laughs) and then he wakes up- He was given the reanimator drug. (laughs) He was! He was! Oh my god. when he wakes up, he's like- tied up and his daughter walks towards him with an axe and she's like i actually do really like this line she goes i'll make you famous again daddy and then she kills yeah that was pretty hardcore family and that's the end of the movie oh no except it also ends with like all the ghost children like so like it ends showing like the home video that she makes of the murder mm-hmm. and all the ghost children like go and look at the camera and it's like I joked to Marty, I was like, ooh, they're dropping their new mixtape. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. the, the ghoul, like, jump scares the screen, because you have to get a last jump scare, because this is a horror movie that came out in 2012. You know, mm-hmm. jump scares are popular. And, yeah, so that's how the movie ends. It's really disappointing. Really dumb. Not a fan. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, oh, it was like... So, have you listened to 100 Gags, Kai? No. Okay, well, that when those when those five kids are like standing there staring into the camera or whatever on the Super 8 film reel 
that it looks like it could be a 100 gex like album cover i'll Um, believe you i don't know what that is but i trust your word they're like they're like a newer band that have gotten popular recently and they're kind of like noise core almost it's it's all right it's not the best but um they're 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 all right (laughs) this was dumb I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. It, no, it was. I. It's disappointing because it's actually a cool concept. Um, like I'm yeah. really caught up. Like, okay, one thing they mention is like that images have power with this god. Like, I guess in ancient times he just used like you know cave paintings or whatever to like <laughs> get children to be possessed. It was like carvings, like wood carvings someone did and then stamped out because, you know, it was like the 1600s, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if he was around in the cave times. So I mean, he I don't been. know, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just exaggerating a little bit, but that's, <laughs> anyway, there's like these old images and the, and the professor who's in it, um, talks about how like, oh yeah, you know, in this mythology, like, he can use the image to trap children in this image, and, like, that's how he possesses them, and the image has power. And, like, I actually find that super cool. Um, okay, I'm about to get real hardcore film student here, but, like, that's what film studies is all about, right? Like, how the image has power mm-hmm. over people. So I think, like, that's a really cool concept for a movie, is, like, this guy discovering these essentially snuff films... And how this image can warp his sense of reality. And he becomes so obsessed with solving this crime. But anyway, so like my- I don't know. But like it also- Sorry, my thoughts are really disjointed here. Um, It also oh, reminded okay, me- okay, this movie is very disjointed. Yeah. <laughs> so basically like this reminded me actually of ARGs, which uh, for those mm-hmm. not in the internet lingo, it means um, all- what is it? Alternate reality games? Something like that. It's basically mm-hmm. like when somebody on the internet makes a story and it's fiction, but they're like pretending it's real and it's usually like kind of creepy and horror oriented. So like, for example, there was a very mm-hmm. famous Twitter that's called The Sun Is Gone. And um, it was this person like pretending that they live like it was a- they were basically writing a story, but like through tweets where they were like, oh, the sun vanished and like, you know, day one, I go outside and day two, this happened and and like telling a story, but you act like it's real. Um, So that's kind of what this reminded me of. And like, just early internet culture of like, oh, you know, we've all seen that stuff about like, s- share this cursed image and you'll get cursed or I don't know. You'll prevent the curse if you share this to 20, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what it reminded me of a little bit. And so, like, honestly, I had told Marty this while we were watching. I was like, I feel like this would have been a really cool ARG. Like, can you imagine if, like, just mm-hmm. the snuff film portions, like those videos of the families being murdered, if just those were, like, uploaded on the internet and, like, a sort of treasure hunt essentially um Mm -hmm. and people had to like piece together this mystery or something like that would have been really cool and really engaging and i feel like you could have told a much more 
interesting story involving the viewer. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, you know, obviously, like, these people who made this want to make films. So, like, I, you know, I'm not going to harp too much on the format in which this was released, but I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like there's a lot of missed potential. Yeah, um, there's there's definitely potential for this to be something that was more than it was, and I feel like oftentimes people don't think about different formats and ways that they can release things. Um, yeah. Because yeah, you're right. I think it I think it would be a really interesting ARG, and if something like that dropped now, and it was like you know uh like basically this but maybe change a few things i would be super into it because it's more about like engaging with the media and being able to piece together these things yourself and um i the <laughs> the thing with doing movies is that you can only engage with it so much without um like it just being a narrative spit at you you know yeah. And and they're de- like the the way that this movie is presented it definitely is just kind of like not all that in like engaging for me as a person. I don't other people might feel differently, but I I definitely don't feel like I was all that engaged with the story just because I I didn't connect with the main character. I didn't like his goal in the beginning i <laughs> um i i felt like the the kids murders were was being overshadowed by this guy's search for fame and i get that that's kind of the point of the thing but like also if you just gave me like this flat out mystery and i like had to solve that i was more engaged with that like just yeah. the mystery part of it than i was with anything else yeah, um, I, and I feel like I agree with that. It would have just been really good had it been presented as just like this information itself in a different format, without mm-hmm. having uh, like this, you know, story about a guy who needs to make money, and so he's willing to put his family endangered to do that like yeah i'm not i'm not a big fan of those narratives and this just kind of proves that (laughs) yeah and i felt like this film was really heavy on exposition and like i would have liked to have more chances for the viewer to connect the dots instead of all this stuff just being dumped on us Mm Hmm. yeah it's like especially at the end it's just like you get all of the mystery just kind of like finished at the end and it's not it's not gradually put together as the movie goes on um because then just like at the very end it's like the deputy guy calls and he's like the problem is that you moved houses yeah now now you're gonna die and it's like okay so like what was the point (laughs) yeah like what was the point of this mystery if like the the answer was you moved houses and now you're gonna die. It's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't think it like I don't know what they were really trying to say thematically. Like I guess it was 
I don't know, like, was it trying to be, like, karma for this author who didn't care about his family? Because even so, like, that's really depressing. Yeah. Like, I get that not it's... every horror movie is is happy, but, like... Yeah. It felt like unjust punishment for this character. <laughs> I yeah. guess. I mean, at least it's unjust, char- like, punishment for his family, at least. Yeah. Like, it's just not... it. It wasn't a good story by the end of it, just because, like, I was not engaged with this character, and I was not invested in his family living or dying, and I wasn't invested in him doing anything. Yeah. Like, I just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And and that's that's not to say Ethan Hawke didn't do a good job. Like, for the oh, character, yeah. he, he did pretty good, but, like, I just was not... I, the, the script of this was just not all that good. I'm sorry, Scott Derrickson. I know. Like, that's the thing. It's like, so I follow Scott Derrickson on Twitter. Um, I really like him, just, like, as a person. I... The only movies of his I've seen, so he did this, and then he did Doctor Strange, um, which I also Mm -hmm. think is very flawed. But I think most of its flaws are probably more attributed to, like, Marvel as a studio. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know, like, overall, like, I really like him. I just don't like, like, I feel like his movies always come short. Um, yeah. But I still want to see more stuff that he's worked on. So. Yeah. I don't know. Scott Derrickson, if you're listening yeah. to this, I respect you. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry we're dunking on you, bro. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Like, he may feel the same way. I mean, I think this is one of the first movies yeah. he made. So, I could... Like, I understand, I can definitely understand where you're coming from, and, like, I read, so I read online that this movie was basically based on, like, nightmares that he and the other writer had. Oh, Um, wow. And, like, they got the ideas first for these sequences of the families being murdered, and then they just tried to write a story around that, and, like, I can definitely see that, because I feel like the murder scenes are the strongest. Yeah. So it's like, I, I understand, like, it's a very difficult task to try to write a story around these really strong images that you've come up with. Yeah. And and the lore that they came up with for this it is pretty good. Like, it's, besides, like, if you move, you die, which is not explained very well, but, like, the, the fact that, like, the Bagul, like, lives in, like, the tapes or whatever, and uh he he can like basically abduct children as they like observe like the the films or like images of him and i think that's cool but like the 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 story around it just doesn't do it for me <laughs> yeah yeah it's just really disappointing yeah and like i i do think scott derrickson is like a cool dude but like you know work has flaws and even if you don't like what someone does then you can still kind of like them as a person you know yeah and like i, it's, I honestly it's, i think the direction- it's not the worst movie i've seen <laughs> i will say yeah that. oh yeah it's far from the worst movie we've seen for this for this yeah. podcast 
Um, I think the direction is really strong because like the, all of the actors yeah. seem to like vibe with what he's doing. You know, there weren't any performances that were just like totally weird and and didn't match. So like yeah. I feel like the problem is just the writing, which he also is a co-writer. But like again, it's a hard task to try to write a whole film around these really strong image image-based ideas that you have. Yeah. Um I will also say I loved the kids' performances in this movie. Yes. So I was the, looking the at kids the did Wikipedia great. page for this and apparently all of the kids who were like hired to play the ghost children were like just loved the hell out of being in this movie and that they mm -hmm. would like purposely try to creep out all the other cast members and like they would brag to each other like well my character killed their family in a fire and like well my character drowned their family and that they just like really loved being in this movie so that kind of warms my heart a little bit yeah i'm i'm glad that because that's not always the case for actors in horror films like sometimes there's no like fun or relief provided for doing scenes like that and i'm glad that people took the time to like you know like let them have fun on set and stuff because it's not always like that um yeah yeah uh, what else i was gonna dunk on stanley kubrick again but oh, i won't <laughs> i mean uh, i will say literally the only nice thing i can say about him is that he was surprisingly nice to the boy who plays Danny in The Shining. Um, yeah, but he wasn't nice to, like, yeah, Shelley Duvall. Or Scatman For whatever Brothers, reason. Or, yeah. like, yeah, so I, yeah, no, I, fuck Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, no, like, fuck I have him. <laughs> so many issues with how he screwed over his actors. Yeah, just, no. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that we've dunked on Stanley Kubrick, um, <laughs> uh, I think I'm trying to think of something I can say here. I, I feel like definitely if you change the format and maybe changed up like the the family dynamic a little bit, I would have been a little more invested Um. Yeah. Just because I, I don't like characters who are just like, I I have a great family and a good job, and but I want more. I want to be rich and famous and, you know, I don't care about how my family feels about how I'm making money. Um, that, that super bugs me. <laughs> yeah, it bugs me too, because like... Like, I, and on the one hand, it's like, I understand you definitely need to write characters who are flawed. Because, like, that makes them more interesting. Yeah. But I've, again, I feel like too many horror films just write their characters to be, like, straight up unlikable. And, like, it yeah. makes the movie it, a lot less fun to watch because you're just stuck it, with a main character who you don't like. Yeah, and it's just, as a kid who moved around a lot, I have some issues with regards to that and like these the kids in this movie are like what 12 and like 9 or 10 or something yeah yeah that's probably and, about right and like that if you're like got like an okay living space like these kids seem to have 
and you move, it's got to be super hard. Like, like, getting up and moving from a comfortable space anyways is really hard anyways, but, like, especially if, like, the place you're at is, like, somewhere that you really enjoyed being. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just, I, it's, it sucks. <laughs> moving as a child sucks. Um, and, yeah, uh, I don't like the dad character <laughs> in this movie, mainly because he could have taken a different occupation and could have avoided all of this. Yeah, he just, well, I mean, also, like, it's possible to be a true crime writer without, like, you know, moving yeah, to a murder we- house. <laughs> It's like the it's same. It's not that hard to not move into a murder house. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> it's like the same conversation we have about method acting, right? Is like you can still give a good performance without like hurting mm-hmm. yourself mentally by putting yourself in these really dangerous and difficult situations to try to like get more in touch with your character or whatever. It's the same thing. Like you can write about crimes without having to like again live in a place where people got murdered. <laughs> And bring your children to a place where people got murdered. Yeah, it's dumb. Like, the the deputy in this movie said, like, oh, no, yeah, I I don't understand why you decided to move into this house. It probably would have been vacant had you not moved in. So, like, he could have just come and, like, visited the house every, what, couple of weeks or something. I'm not sure how far away. But he could have just come in, visited the house for a couple of weeks, did his writing... And then came back home, and, like, he doesn't live there. He doesn't own a deed. How does, okay, how does Bagul know that you own the house? <laughs> is, he pre- he, is he present at the home sign, like, the deed signing or whatever? Because I, how does he know, and how does he know when you've moved? <laughs> how does he know that? Asking the real questions now. I don't know. And, Listen, I'm not Bagul. I can't say. Oh, Mr. Boogie, I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> Mr. Oogie Boogie. No, not Oogie Boogie. Oogie Boogie's cool. He's made out of bugs. Mr. Boogie is a juggalo who <laughs> looks like he he used to be, like, the stunt double for, like, the Crow movie. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, he was a part of, like, Slipknot or some shit, and... Okay, it's I, funny you say that, because this was another thing I read on the Wikipedia page, is that his makeup was inspired by heavy metal bands. So you're not oh wrong. Oh my god. What if the girl oh was my just god. a former heavy metal singer? Oh my god. I mean, I can definitely see that influence. It's not that hard to not see it. Um, It's... <laughs> he doesn't have a mouth. I don't know if he has a nose. I just remember like the the eyes and his nasty greasy hair <laughs> but how does how does he know when you've moved in or moved out of a house like i don't i mean like i guess it's easy to know when someone's moved into a murder house cuz it's probably been vacant for months or years but the how does he know you've moved out? Does he just, like, follow you? Or... I don't... I don't get it, Kai. I don't get it. 
I and do not know. I, I'm, I'm it's dumb. Maybe this is the only way he gets to travel is if he kills a kid. <laughs> I don't know. This is dumb. That's so dumb. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I'm glad the kids had fun making this movie, though. Oh, me too. I mean, that, like, honestly warms my heart. Yeah. I gotta I, see if I they love... were in anything else. Because, like, I, I legit think they gave good performances. Especially for child yeah. performances, which can be really hit or miss. Um, especially yeah. in horror films. Um, the, the one girl, well, I think she was in It. She wasn't in It, but, like, she was dressed like she was in It. She's wearing uh, the raincoat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's uh, see. Ashley, the main murder girl. She was in Gotham. She looks a lot oh, like... Oh, she's in Gotham? Yeah, she looks a lot like Karen Gillan. Hmm, who does she play in Gotham? Is she, like, Poison Ivy or something? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ah, I, I made a cool guess. I've never watched Gotham, but I have many friends who have because it's Batman and the villains are gay. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. You said Karen Gillan and then I went, red hair. Yeah. You must you must be an Isley. She, she hasn't been in anything Poison else that Ivy. I know of. She's in a few upcoming movies. That's yeah. cool, though. Yeah. That is cool. Uh, I'm looking at the other kids. It looks like not very many of them have been in anything else, which is kind of a shame. But yeah, but at least I mean, they have you know, fun. they're still young, so yeah, you can do more. Maybe you can be a scary adult. Yeah, in a movie or in real life, you have potential. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I I hope not also, but, you know, when you're, like, what, probably 18, 20 now, you know, you, there's a lot of possibilities for life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm 22, and even though I feel like my life is over, I know I still got about, like, 60 years or so to live. <laughs> Alright, I'm looking at the guy who played Mr. Boogie. He was in the Fantastic Horror remake. Oh, is he? Who is he? I don't know, I'm looking up. Is he... Oh, he did the uh, thing? camera. He was on camera in Fantastic... Okay, he's like a camera and electrical... Oh, cool. He was in Max Keeble's Big Move... He was in Max Keeble. Who was he in he Max plays Keeble's big skater move? wannabe? Oh god! So he's just like an extra in that movie, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Then the sinister okay, movies Ma are like some of his only acting roles. He's a stunt double. It looks like that's cool. Yeah, he um, seems pretty a cool. That sounds like a lot of fun doing stunt double work. You got to be yeah. super fit for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe Max Keeble's parents found out about the sinister demon and was like, nah, we're not moving anymore. We're just going to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> and then that happened. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that would be the smart thing. Yeah. <laughs>
Max Keeble's sinister move, the crossover movie nobody asked for, but my brain made up anyways. (laughs) Oh, God. I I mean, Magoogles the Frog is terrifying as it is. Is that the same thing as Bagool? Bagoogles is me name. (laughs) And I'll kill your parents. (laughs) Um... But if it if it's Max Keeble's big move, plus sinister, then it's a man with a frog face who is making children commit murders if they move houses. Oh my gosh. Um. God, what is my brain? It's mush. Brain? My brain is mush, Kai. I this movie that. made my brain mush. <sighs> we were stolen by the ghoul. Except I'm yeah. not a child anymore. I'm old. Nah, he would just kill us. I don't... Maybe, but we don't have <laughs> kids, so... Whoops. See, that's the other thing, is, like, I feel like... So, like, to be fair to this movie, I do know... I have met a lot of people who legit, like, really like this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And find it, like, really scary. And I'm like, honestly, like, I could see that. Like, I understand if people like it, but, like, for me personally, mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, there's just not enough to keep me going through the whole thing. Okay, but, like, what if you moved into the house and you were just, like, a single person? Right? Like, that's what I'm wondering. It's like... It's like, what would he do then? What would Mr. Boogie do then? (laughs) pretty much only scary if you have kids. In which case, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, Like, I I have a niece and a nephew now because my sister just had a baby. Um, And... I mean, like, I would do anything for those kids, but they're not mine, so, like, I, I'm i not- if it, it doesn't scare me! <laughs> if I moved into this old-ass nasty- old-ass nasty home where, like, someone died, I, it just- if they- if he only possesses kids, then, like, I'm good, right? Yeah. Bagul could just, like, chill in my living room and have, like- I don't know, a beer or something with me. I don't know. Yeah, well, like, apparently if you don't move houses, you're safe, too. Like, this guy is really dependent on, like, a specific set of circumstances. Like, what if a family didn't move? Or, like, what if, like you said, like, a single person moved into one of those houses? Or, like, what if the child... Would not be able to possess anyone? Or would he be able to move to another... I don't know. I don't. What if the children died before they had a chance to move, and like then he wouldn't be able to do anything? Or like, what if the parents died, and like his whole thing was like to kill the parents? Man, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Make any sense? (sighs) Do we have any last thoughts about this? About sinister? No. No thoughts. I do want to say one thing. Um, I do think the music in this movie was kind of cool, actually. Oh, yeah. The the music was great. The There was, like, one song near the end that was, like, super cool. It was, like, right before they get in the car and drive, yeah. like, back to their old house. It was, like, really kind of, like, I was sitting there grooving to it. And I know it's supposed to be kind of yeah. scary, but, but like, I was like, this, this kind of slaps. <laughs> yeah, no, I would legit just, like, listen to the soundtrack. Especially, like, while yeah. you're writing. Like, if you're trying to write, like, a horror story or something, this would be, like, a really good mood oh, yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. This would be, like, great ambience for, like, that kind of setting. And I think it was done very well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. But uh, no more thank thoughts. Thank you all for joining <laughs> us. Um, so I have seen Sinister Two, and it I have is not. a lot worse than this one. So I hope that we get to do that someday. I know for sure it is also on Netflix. Um, if yeah. you are so inclined, Wait. you can find this movie on Netflix. I don't necessarily recommend it, but like I don't know if you like interesting imagery, you could like put it on in the background or something. Um, like yeah. it, again, there are moments of it that are legitimately really disturbing, but yeah. it's just the story doesn't really follow through on that. Um, that being yeah. said, Scott Derrickson, I can send you my resume. <laughs> um, Sorry, we dunked on your movie. Please hire us. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would have, like, like legit, though, I would, as much as I can, like, dunk on this film, I would still be thrilled to work on something like it. Because I think, yeah. like, again, the effects are really cool, like, it seems like the atmosphere on set was fun. Yeah. There are definitely worse movies out there. E- yeah, um, even though it we just feels like horror movies. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, it feels like this was missing a lot of the potential. Yeah. Um... Even though we critique movies, it's, um, I mean, like, making a movie in and of itself is always really fun, like, and I, I don't want to bash the efforts of someone who made something like this, and, like, I really appreciate the effort that went into making this movie, but, like, the, the story just, like, wasn't for us, I'll say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. And I mean, I myself mm-hmm. have made bad horror movies, so like, I've yeah. made horror movies a lot worse than this movie, so I yeah. I understand. It's a hard, it's hard to make a movie. We we made a short film where they, we chopped my hands off. Uh. We did! That was actually really fun. Yeah, so uh, you can find us on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. Thank you for listening to us today. Uh, we'll be back with some fun stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. until then, we're just chilling in the attic watching Super 8 films of murders, apparently. Yeah. We died. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Well, I didn't die. I don't have kids. Well, I didn't- I don't have kids either. <laughs> I'm just- I'm just kind of dead inside and looking oh, for something that. to do. <laughs> I feel that. I died because I had a sinus infection. That's what Bahul oh. was really the the. <laughs> yeah, he just generates a lot of, of mucus in your in yeah. your sinuses. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you guys again for listening, and may your nightmares be plentiful. <laughs> <laughs>